Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's 200th episode, this is a milestone, episode 200, um, I want to reflect a little bit on the last eight years of my business, the evolution of my business, my life, and social media that led me all the way to this moment, to episode 200. So just thinking about it, you know, th- those of you that, well, for one, I want to say thank you for all of you listening for 200 episodes. Not all of you maybe have listened to all 200 episodes or have gone back to the archives and listened to previous ones. If you just started listening to the, the LCR Media Podcast, thank you. And I appreciate that for you listening. You know, I, I, I don't want to just talk to myself, even though it seems like I am. And a part of this is therapeutic. For me, uh, just like mowing lawns and running my own business and all that, as as crazy as that might sound in in some ways, you know, it is definitely stressful being an entrepreneur and and all that. But and and creating content, but it's also very therapeutic. Um, you know, uh, it's a part of kind of like self help for me in a way as well. Um, if you once I go a little bit into the evolution here, it'll make a little more sense what I mean by that. But I really enjoy creating content for a, a myriad of reasons. I just, what I just said, as well as it kind of taps into my creative mindset, my creative, you know, uh, energy that, that I have all the way back in high school, like ninth grade was the earliest that I re- remember liking art, you know, like drawing some of my favorite comic book characters um, from the, right off the comic books, you know, just got a sketchbook and just started sketching them out. And some of my friends said I was pretty good at it. And then I took, you know, like the standard, I guess, where you have your options in, in ninth grade or something, or, you know, is like music or art or whatever other you know, theater, maybe, you know, like a handful of things like performing arts or something like that. Um, and I just chose art, you know, regular art, whatever that you studio art, I think is what it was called, actually, if I re- remember correctly, because I had just started learning how to draw and just sketching comic book characters pretty well. And, and, and I enjoyed it for the most part. So I took that art class and I did good in that class. And then when I went into 10th grade and all the way through 12th, I just started taking all the available art classes and just focused on that because I enjoyed being good at something, you know, I was never, I never excelled in sports or anything, you know, like academically, I wasn't, you know, straight A student or anything like that. I, I mean, I'm sure I could be if I tried and, you know, applied myself, studied all the time, did all the homework. But I mean, you know, some people are just naturally more academic, you know, collegiate, whatever, all these big fancy words for being just book smart, you know, like they're just fast readers and very, 
very just this just seems like they're very intellectual people. Um, there's there were those kids like that. Those are the valedictorians, you know, that the the four point whatever, you know, over four point you know, like all, all the all those straight A kids and students and all that. I, I was never that, you know, whatever. All the different options out there. I was just never really, you know, I was never the, the uh, a good class clown or this or whatever, you know. I was never good at skipping class, you know. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, I wasn't, you know, the 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 coolest kid, the the uh, the fat most fashionable kid, whatever it was. I, I didn't excel at any of these other random categories, popular, unpopular, known or unknown, except for art. That was just something that I just was naturally really good at for whatever reason. And, you know, we can trace through family history and all that kind of stuff. And I've discovered, you know, other um, creative you know, genes in, in my, in my, uh, ancestry and so on. And it's carried over onto my kids and my wife also is very creative and has those genes and, um, you know, so on and so forth. So we can, you know, go into all that, that stuff is a whole nother thing, but, you know, I've did dove into those things back in over the years to, to, you know, just for curiosity's sake. But so that, you know, I followed that all through college and everything and, and never really knew what I was going to do with that. You know, I went to college for fine arts and all that. Never knew what I was going to be like. Am I going to be a starving artist? Am I going to be, you know, an art teacher? You know, there's not a whole lot of options, kind of like musicians, too. That's something that my son is really wrestling with right now because he's really good at music. That's where the artistic, um, you know, creative genes, you know, um, manifested themselves for him is is with music. He's really, really good at music. He's got relative pitch, which is not perfect pitch. Perfect pitch means you can literally hear a sound and then play it on the key on, on a keyboard or piano or something. Just you know exactly what it is. Um, it's just something you're born with. Same thing with relative pitch. It's something you're born with. A small percentage of people are born like this, and some of them never even realize that, that that's a thing. If they were never involved in music in school or in their life, they just grow up being a doctor, a lawyer, or entrepreneur, or whatever, you know? Um and and they never even know. But my my son is relative pitch, which means you get close to what what the sounds are. So he can basically just like sound stuff out. Like he hears a song and he can figure out how to play it by by ear, which is what perfect pitch and relative pitch are. It just means you can listen to music, songs, sounds, and put it together, figure it out on a keyboard, a piano, or any kind of instrument that has multiple different sounds and keys, you know, high, low and mid so that you can create a, a song, any, any general song of any, any sort. So that's, you know, again, that's, that's something that we discovered really early on with him when he was like in middle school or oh, no, 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 I think it was ele- like towards the end of elementary school or something. He was very young, but so that's, uh, you know, so, something that, that he's excelled in and focused on and wants to go to college to do, um, to major in music and all that. But again, it's like, what, what do you do with that? You know, are you going to be a performer? Are you going to be a teacher? And there's not, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of glaring options for all that. But so I, I say all that to say that I'm a very creative person. Like I just, those genes are just flowing in throughout me. Like the, the energy is just, is just beaming through me constantly. And for a long time, it was dormant. Um, and, and when I was in retail, you know, when, when I left college and, focused on going full-time in retail manage, retail to go to get into retail management. And that's what I did for over 15 years. Um, it, 
I really didn't do a whole lot with, with art or being creative. You know I mean? There was times, you know, like with retail, you know, you have to, you know, they give you a book of all of the different plans, you know, of how you're supposed to reset different sections of the store to look certain ways with all the new products that's coming in and mannequins or displays of some sort, whether it's a clothing store or sporting goods store. I worked for both, you know, you've got displays and, all kinds of different ways of, you know, making merchandise look eye-catching, captivating, and organized and neat and, and you know, attractive, appealing, and all that stuff. So, you know, p- part of my creativity came out in that because, uh, I mean, there were some people that just didn't seem to do very well with those simple kind of things. They just weren't that kind of, you know, they were just more of a sloppy type person and they, they just couldn't keep things neat and tidy and crisp looking. And I just naturally have an eye for detail like that. And and, and I think that that is part of my creative uh, energy and genes that I have, you know, being an artist and so on. So when, when I transitioned, when I started getting into social media shortly after starting my lawn care business, that's when I, I kind of like reawakened, you know, all of that energy and all uh, uh, the creative energy and the, the artist inside me, uh, starting with YouTube and that's led all the way now into podcasting. So I say, I say all that because, you know, that that's why 200 episodes in, I, I really enjoy creating content. I enjoy creating podcasts, it's a way for me to have more of a conversation than I can normally have on YouTube because people are just, you know, moving on to the next video a couple seconds in or a couple minutes in or whatever craziness our our ADHD or ADD society that we're in now. I, I blame Amazon, right? They get everything same day. Not everything, but you can get stuff same day. It's it's just crazy, you know, that the, the Willy Wonka factor, you know, I want it. I want it now, daddy, you know, I want it now, daddy, or whatever the heck nonsense, you know, they just want it now. And it's, there's no more patience left, you know, and it's just whatever it, it is what it is. So YouTube is not, you know, that platform to, you know, it, it's visual. So you don't, you don't want to just sit there and, and watch nothing, basically watch a talking head or watch this or that, or, you know, unless it's something really important that you're dialed into someone really captivating or you know, explaining something that you really need to, to know or, or learn or want to or so on. But so, you know, the, the YouTube part really helps me with the visual creativity. You know, I enjoy recording different things, kind of telling different stories, having different scenes, editing in, in different ways, just keep, you know, throwing some music in there, some transitions. Just my thing is with YouTube is if, if I find it interesting, if I enjoy watching my own videos and hopefully somebody else will enjoy watching videos. I can't stand, you know, in the past when I was really rushing to try and get a video out just to get a video out, just to keep the algorithm in my favor and all that stuff. And, um, you know, of course my YouTube channel grew during those times, lots of consistent views and subscriber, um, increases and all that. But, you know, it became, it, it kind of watered down my creativity and it became more of a job. And, and I get that that part of it kind of that you have to be consistent, you have to build up, you know, uh, enough content and be consistent with it. I get that. So you have to really figure out how to batch it and, you know, just plan it all out. Uh, but part of that took away from my creativity and, and I just, I, I hated trying to rush stuff out, just to just throw a video out, just throw a video out, quick, you know, me talking, throw some, you know, some B-roll with some, you know, mowing or something or whatever, some quick stuff here and there. You know, 
I enjoy just so that I can maybe potentially get like a topic out, something I wanted to talk about, something I wanted to share to hopefully help, you know, you guys and girls in the community. Well, now with the podcast, I can do that hopefully a little bit better, a little bit easier. And you guys are tuned in a little bit more comfortably than trying to watch a video, right? You can just, you know, listen while you're driving or mowing or plowing or exercising or running or biking or you know, doing stuff around the house, maybe on an off day or rain day or something or whatever. Um, by the way, check out my previous episode about, you know, what to do in the rain or let's talk about rain days. Um, very interesting um, food for thought there that I shared on there. But um, at any rate, you know, whatever, how, however you're listening to this, to this, to these, to any podcast, it's different than when you're watching a YouTube video, right? You can't do any of the things I just mentioned and watch YouTube video. You literally have to stop whatever you're doing and watch a video, just like you're sitting down and watching a TV show or a movie. It's the exact same thing with YouTube, you know, whether it's on your phone or not. Yes, that's more convenient. You can be sitting in your truck or whatever, you know, uh, you could be on your lunch break somewhere, just, you know, put some headphones in or something and just watch a video, you know, a YouTube video or anything on your phone. Uh, but that's, that's few and far between. And you can't do any of those other things. Like I said, you have to really, you just have to stop and watch that. So I, I get it. So it's two different platforms and, you know, one needs to be more visual, a little bit shorter um, or a lot shorter so that you can kind of just, you know, put out what you want to put out so people can, can, you know, can watch it and get what they need out of it, whether that be entertainment, education or both. And then, you know, be done with it. And the podcast is what they call long form. So I can really get into it. So 200 episodes in, I'm really excited. Can't wait for what the future holds. Uh, I don't have any plans on slowing down or stopping um, with the podcast. It's, it's something that is also a little bit easier for me to create content than YouTube because for one, I have Mr. Producer, who's the best producer in the biz, right? Um, that was a key component to me starting my podcast. I wanted to start my podcast back in 2018, but I didn't start it until what, 2020, I think, two years ago. Yeah, two, 200 episodes two years ago. So it's almost like 100 episodes a, a year, but uh, which is a good a good uh, way to keep track and, and a good uh, achievement, I feel like. Good, good, um, good momentum or good cadence, good rhythm. There you go. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but any at any rate... I thought about doing a podcast back in 2018, right when Paul Jameson from the Green Street Podcast was starting his podcast and or wanted to start his podcast. And I was doing Get to Know the Pro on YouTube where I was traveling around the country and hanging out with guys and girls uh, in the industry, in the community, whether they had a YouTube channel or not. They all had good stories to tell and I wanted to share them, spend a day in the life with them, just, just tell their story to hopefully inspire others. Um, and I thought about maybe making a podcast based off of that, you know, which is kind of why I start off every episode here on the LCR Media Podcast, you know, the where, you know, I say, you know, where we get to know the pros because that's kind of a spinoff of my get to know the pro series on YouTube because that's what I really wanted to do with the podcast was focus on additional interviews that I never, that I didn't get to on the YouTube series, the two seasons that I had, the season and a half, I should say, season two got cut short because of COVID, but um, you know, the, 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 the season and a half of, of YouTube get to know the pro videos, um, I could extend that onto the podcast and kind of breathe, breathe new life into it and kind of create something else, you know, with it, you know, something new and exciting and, and, ex, and an extension of get to know the pro. And in some cases I was able to, um, 
you know, interview someone on Get to Know the Pro or on YouTube, have YouTube video, and then have the have the pot have a podcast at the same time and and record us podcasting for the video as well, and then you can just kind of continue the conversation on the podcast. So this way, you know, if if we have a thirty minute conversation on the podcast, the YouTube video is not thirty minutes; it's you know maybe ten fifteen minutes. And you kind of see a little snippet, you know, maybe like two minutes of us talking on the podcast. And then you can just go down in the description of the YouTube video and click on the link for the actual podcast. that will take you right to that podcast that you saw us recording on that video and then listen to the whole thing in its entirety. You know, maybe like so you watch the video wherever you are, maybe you're on your break and then you're like, oh, cool. You know, there's a podcast. You're done with your break. You're done with the video. Click on the link. Get that all queued up to, you know, to listen to the podcast you know, get back in the truck or whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, get to work, press play, boom. Then you can listen to the whole rest of the conversation. So that was kind of my, like my whole theme there. But of course, you know, doing two, ep- I, I want to do more than, than just an episode here and there. I want to be consistent, have, you know, two episodes uh, a week is what I've been doing for 200, for two years now. And I like that, that rhythm. And that's, that's a lot of episodes, that's 200 episodes. So I haven't, you know, had 200 videos with 200 interviews like that. So of course there's a lot of these in between guest episodes, as I say, IBGs. Toro's brand new battery powered revolution series products are changing the lawn care industry with all day runtime from the innovative hypercell battery system. You can expect to power through your entire day, every day, head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. Back in 2018 though, I, I just, I felt like I didn't have any more, any more margin, you know, at all in my life to then dive into, you know, a podcast, you know, Paul was just starting to figure it all out for himself. And he's like, man, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot, uh, a lot of work. It's really involved. If you want to have a professional podcast, like I really want to do, I want to have the most professional podcast I can have and just go all in. And he was just starting to dabble into it. And he didn't even have Mr. Producer doing anything yet either. He, he worked with Mr. Producer at the radio station, but they were doing radio stuff. And it wasn't until however many episodes later, maybe half a year to a year later, that, you know, Mr. Producer evolved or uh, into Mr. Producer, you know, from just being the radio assistant manager at the radio station to Mr. Producer and helping Paul's episodes uh, sound better and, you know, all the great things that Mr. Producer does and take the editing out of uh, Paul's hands. So it frees him up to record more content and travel and do more things and not have to worry about sitting by a computer and doing all the editing, which is where I revisited the idea of a podcast. When I, when I, when that happened, I was like, Oh man, maybe I can. Cause I think Brian, Brian Fullerton, Fullerton unfiltered podcast had come out. And he was using Mr. Producer and, and that, that was really it. It was just Paul and, and Brian. And I was like, man, that would be awesome if, 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 uh, you know, if I could get Mr. Producer to, to produce my podcast and then I wouldn't have to worry about that extra time to sit down and edit every episode. I could just record the content, which is th- the same challenge I have with YouTube, right? Like I can record videos while I'm working or doing whatever I'm doing. That's that's kind of the easy part for me is creating the content, but then sitting down and editing it all the way I want it to be edited. That's what's time consuming, especially for YouTube video. It's a lot more time consuming and more tedious, but it's also enjoyable for me, but it just takes time. And I don't have a ton of time these days. 
uh, to invest in that, um, or at least I didn't, you know, uh, over at that time frame, and so on. But you know, it, it's so audio. It's just one thing you're editing. You're just editing the audio. You know, it's just it's just one aspect. Where video, it's a video and the audio. Sometimes you got to sync things together and this and that. And you're adding transitions, adding music, you know, extra music, whatever. So. Uh, a, a lot more involved there. So it's, and it would be great to have someone just edit my YouTube videos, but then there's like, oh man, it's again, because of all those components, you know, I would want it to be edited the way that I would want it to be edited. So it's just like, I might as well just do it myself for now anyway, but then that all, that there's additional costs there to have someone edit a YouTube video and, and so on and so forth. So I just invested in having Mr. Producer edit my podcasts and, just keep it, keep it like that because it's just me talking or me interviewing folks. And then he's making it sound extra rich and, and crisp, you know, any, any issues that need to be addressed, anything needs to be edited out or cleaned up or whatever. He does all that in the back end. maybe some communication with me, you know, about it, you know, some quick text or emails or a phone call. If we really need to hash something out to get an episode sounding just right. And that's it. We're done. And he does it, bangs it out, you know, um, and, and it's, it's good to go. I don't have to worry about it. I know it's going to sound great every time. And, and there's not really much input for me to even have other than, you know, oh, I like this intro, you know, not that intro. Or can you do this or that? Can you switch this around, you know, for this next upcoming episode or something like that? You know, and that's it. So it's been very easy, uh, very, very um, user friendly, I should say. I wouldn't say easy, but it's been easier for me to create podcast content than YouTube content. But I really enjoy creating YouTube videos as well. So I like to do both. It's just been very challenging uh, to do both and run my lawn care business and plan events, you know, for the community with LCR media and spend time with my family, which is actually the, the first thing and everything else kind of comes after that. And, uh, you know, sometimes YouTube and some other things end up kind of on the back burner uh, or all the way at the bottom of that list. But at any rate, all that being said, and just going on and on about how grateful I am and how much I enjoy creating content, especially podcasting, because it is a lot easier for me to squeeze these in whenever I can throughout the week, every week, and, it, you know, get get some good value, hopefully, um, into it so that you guys can get that out of it. Um, and because I know I enjoy listening to other podcasts and, and try and get, you know, all over, you know, our space and other, other you know, industries and spaces all over the place, all kinds of podcasts I'm stumbling upon all the time. That's really good value that I get out of it. Um, maybe it's just one particular episode. Maybe I go through and there's a whole bunch that I like, and I just love that podcast in general and so on and so forth. So hopefully I, I provide that same value to you guys listening and those to come. So there's all that. Um, so that's kind of been, I guess the evolution of my, you know, YouTube, podcasting, you know, social media, of course, Instagram, Facebook is all kind of mixed in there. I did Snapchat for a little while. I'm still on Snapchat, but I don't really post anything on there. Uh, just kind of talk to some friends and some groups here and there. Um, you know, I started dabbling in TikTok a little bit because, you know, uh, I've heard it was all the rage, but I, I just really just don't have time to dabble in 50 different things, you know? So I just try to focus on the main things that give me the most uh, enjoyment out of being creative as well as where I feel like I can deliver the most value like podcasting and YouTube. So I'm, I'm really pumped about YouTube shorts. I know that's been a thing for a little while now and I've been trying to 
uh, do that here and there, but I know that's the YouTube is ramping that up. So I'm excited to try and focus on that more. Um, you know, cause I've been really having fun with Instagram reels, which YouTube shorts is basically, you know, all this thing stuff came from TikTok. Um, so, uh, you know, Instagram reels is their version of that. And, and, uh, YouTube shorts is their version of that. So, uh, but I've kind of gotten a lot of, uh, practice with Instagram reels. So hopefully I'll be able to just transition to YouTube shorts, um, relatively easily, uh, as well. So as, as, as that gets more, pre- more prevalent with YouTube and they focus more on that and make it easier and add more features and so on and so forth. So, um, hopefully I can just keep creating stuff on those, on those two platforms, YouTube and podcasting. That's really where it's at for me. That's where I really enjoy creating content. Again, I'm still on Instagram and I have fun with that and dabble, dabble on that, you know, whenever I can and a little bit on Facebook, um, and the other stuff, you know, it's just kind of like whatever, you know, um, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, all that stuff, just kind of in the background where I, I kind of hardly ever address it, you know, just, just when I'm, my, when I'm feeling it for some reason or something, but that's just kind of been my evolution over the eight years of social media, which I stumbled upon right after I started my lawn care business, because I was trying to research how to be, you know, a professional lawn care provider because I was a homeowner that knew how to cut grass really well, take care of grass really well from a homeowner level. But I wanted to know what it would be like to be a professional, you know, to be an actual contractor and get paid. So I was Googling things like, you know, how to price this, this, this service, that service, you know, estimating software, you know, or how to do estimates, invoices, billing, all these things about like how uh, business type stuff, right? you know, Googling, you know, uh, trying to figure out, you know, a logo and, and a business name and, you know, apparel, uniform, shirts, whatever, that's just all, everything that there is about having a business, obviously getting a business license, that was like the easiest thing, just Google that and find that in your county and do it and knock it out after you obviously pick a name and all that stuff. And um, just, you know, all those things I was Googling, um, different types of services, how to prune crepe myrtles, how to trim boxwoods or, you know, how to this or how to that. And, you know, as you Google one thing and a whole bunch of similar results come up, right? And they, they may not even be the exact thing that you, that you Googled, but it, that's might be relevant. And that's how I stumbled upon geek to freak. Um, he was, he was literally the first person on YouTube that was doing lawn care that I, I stumbled upon. Like the first video was, I think it was probably titled how to trim pampas grass or something like that. And I'm like, what is that? You know, and there's a thumbnail there and it's big old pampas grass bush and Greg, you know, holding some hedge trimmers and he's just right there about to cut them and very captivating. I'm like, let me click on this because I need to learn everything I can learn. I see it's a current video. I see all these comments from people commenting about it. And I look on his channel. He's got a bunch of other videos. It looks like he's putting out regular videos about lawn care. I'm like, this is awesome. It's like, it's like free education. This is cool. So click subscribe. Well, I actually had to go create a YouTube account so I could actually like and subscribe and all that and comment. And, and that's how that started. And then YouTube starts recommending you know, other similar YouTube channels like Spencer's Spencer Lawn Care and B&B Lawn Care and Top Notch Lawn Care. I'm like, wow, look at all the Lawn Care Millionaire, you know, um, the Lawn Care Nut, all these OGs that were there right from the beginning. Seth, the lawn surgeon, you know, and a lot of these guys would, I discovered also because they were commenting on Greg, you know, Geek to Freak um, Lawn and Fitness, I believe was the whole official name of his channel at that point. 
um, you know, people were commenting on there and, and, and I could see, you know, Keith Kalfas and all these uh, other channels that would comment if they weren't recommended, you know, to me to watch their videos, I would see them in the comments and I would click on their profile and see that they have an actual channel with videos. And I would start watching their videos, subscribe, like, you know, comment. And, and I be quickly saw that there was a community there of regular content creators and people regularly viewing them, watching them and commenting on them. So I became a part of that commenting on them as well. And then I quickly realized that there was a lot of things that nobody that I was watching was talking about that I was going through as a rookie, you know, just starting my business in the very beginning. Uh, first year I was stumbling and bumbling and you know, trial and error and figuring all kinds of things out, doing all kinds of things wrong, doing some things right. And I'm like, none of these guys are talking about any of this stuff. So, you know, and, and maybe it was also part of my creative, you know, juices, you know, the, 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 the traits that I have, the energy inside me was gravitating towards what everybody was doing on YouTube. And I was like, man, that's cool. So maybe subconsciously that started brewing too. And I just, made the decision to start my own YouTube channel. I mean, I already had a YouTube profile, so I just changed it all up to make it a, a channel, you know, put the pictures everywhere on my profile, uh, you know, my little thumbnail thing and, you know, the whole thing, you know, pictures everywhere and description of my channel and start uploading videos. And then boom, there it is. And then I would be commenting. And then people could, if people clicked on my profile in the comments and they would see, I have a channel and so on. And then little by little, I would start being recommended to Paul Jameson back in the day before he was doing anything on social media. He was just watching YouTube videos like the rest of us while he was at the radio station in between, you know, segments and stuff working, you know, the graveyard shifts, you know, in the early days there and having a part-time lawn care business. So if that's why he was interested in watching lawn care videos. So he was one of the OGs of the community watching videos, commenting nice things and stuff. And I, and he stumbled upon my channel. He's one of my first subscribers, would always comment on every video, something nice and positive. I, I named my channel Lawn Care Rookie because I was a rookie and I still am, right? Now I'm hashtag rookie for life. Always trying things out, always trying new things, always trying to improve, you know, and just, just live life to the fullest, right? Um, so, I mean, that's how it all just kind of evolved. And, you know, I my channel started growing little by little and people started recognizing who I was. And then we started going to live events like the GIE at the time, which is now called Equip Expo. And we started meeting each other live and in person and getting to know the face, you know, meeting the face behind the name and all that. Um, or the, yeah, the face in front of the name, really. But anyway, you know, it's just everything just started growing that way. You know, my channel started growing, my social media presence started growing, my involvement in the community started growing and the community started growing. More and more people started creating YouTube channels or Snapchat or um, now TikTok. You know, everybody was getting on Instagram and making YouTube channels as well. There's been, always been Facebook groups constantly. So that's been a thing um, for a long time now. So it just has really evolved into the community that it is now huge thousands and thousands and thousands of people worldwide now like-minded individuals you know men women kids everyone all kind of united in the same way of being an entrepreneur um, and having their own lawn and landscape business hardscape irrigation all the above and just getting after it and we're all just helping each other sharing content whether it's entertainment education or both we're just having fun we're doing it, enjoying it and the community keeps growing and i'm glad to be a part of it 
And that's how it all started for me. And that's just been the evolution. Um, I've, I've found so many opportunities along the way of how I could contribute contribute to growing the community even more with different events, you know, um, you know, the, the meetup that was such a small original meetup with, you know, geek, the freak and Spencer lawn care, Keith Kalfas, just a handful of people. I wasn't even at the first one. A whole lot of people weren't because it was my first year in business. I couldn't afford to make that trip down there, but I watched the YouTube videos after the fact said, man, I really got to go. And then I like everybody who was everybody at that point went, and it, it was packed and that little meetup became a pretty big meetup at the time. I mean, you know, I'd say like from like 12 people to like 50 people, that was a big, a big jump. Um, but then, you know, I, I, but then the year after that, some things kind of changed in the community. Like I've told the story a hundred times probably by now. And, you know, some folks um, took a, a break from YouTube or moved on to other aspects of YouTube, got out of the industry all the above, whatever. And I wanted to make sure that things didn't kind of, you know, die down. I, I wanted to, I wanted to continue the great meetup that we had at GIE. I wanted to keep going to the GIE because it was such a great experience. Uh, those first two years that I went and going to the meetup was awesome. And so I created a Facebook group to organize that, that meetup as well as organize everyone that's going to the GIE. So we had a one, one destination to streamline communication, where everyone's going to be, when they're going to be there, put events up in there, ask questions. And it's become this huge thing now where we've got what over 2000, almost 3000 people, you know, I call them GIE, you know, now equipped fanatics that either want to go, have gone or will go or are going, you know, to this, the, the biggest and greatest expo in our industry, the sixth largest uh, trade show in the, in the country out of all trade shows. It's just, it's huge. And even the GIE themselves, the expo themselves equipped their, their, their staff is even, um, you know, I've let them be, uh, you know, they asked to be, uh, to join the group and I accepted them and there's all kinds of other brands, you know, uh, that, that are, that are in the group as well that we all know and love and use in our business, or a lot of us do. Of course, we don't all love everything, but you know, we have our preferences, of course, but a lot of great brands that do a lot of good stuff, whether you're this brand or that brand trimmer or this brand or that brand mower, they're all cutting grass, trimming grass, and so on. It's just kind of comes down to personal preference, dealer support, what you even have in your area, and so on. And of course, some have different nuances. Some might actually be better than others or whatever, but they're all still good brands and, you know, a lot of them want to be involved in the community and more and more join the community as the years go on. So they keep coming into that group on Facebook called Road to Equip. If you're not familiar with that yet, uh, you can go check that out on Facebook, type in Road to Equip. It's everything Equip leading up to it before, after, during, and so on. Um, all the all the details for all the meetups, not just the one that I that, that I have taking the leadership on, which was the original meetup at, at GIE. Now it's, you know, 600 strong from 50 people to 600 people off, lo you know, like, yeah, off location, you know, it changed venues over the years to keep up with the growth uh, so that we can have a good time and it still be organic. It still be free. You know, there's food included, which in the original days, it was at a restaurant right down the street from the expo. So if you wanted food, you just had to buy it yourself. A lot of people just buy like whole pizzas and share it, you know, and stuff like that. But now at the venues that we go to, it's all free. It's paid for by the sponsors, by the brands that now sponsor this event that want to be a part of the community. And they're there and they get to hang out and talk and hang out with you guys. 
and network and so on. So just that's just been a great a great event. So that's been a huge evolution for me as well over the years. Just a huge, you know, so grateful, a huge opportunity for me to be able to be a part of the community and help the community grow and just just have a good time. Helps me grow. All the conversations that I have, I'm still constantly learning about my bit lawn care business from you guys as well as well as some of you guys learn some things from me too, which is really humbling and, and, and really cool. And I, I appreciate it. And that's why I keep trying to create as much content as I can to keep getting this stuff out there. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here. And I've been listening to Naylor emphasize route density on his podcast for over a year now. And I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live three-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. That's kind of, you know, the the whole basic, you know, summary evolution of of that part of my life and business. Um, my my lawn care business, you know, my from day one, my plan was to have crews. You know, I wanted to have at least two to three crews. I never wanted to just stay solo owner operator forever because I knew, you know, for one, I'd I just didn't want to, I, I couldn't picture myself being like a 60, 65 year old out there by myself, just getting after it, you know, with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth or something, just sipping around on, on a stand on or a sit down, zero turn, mowing lawns, trimming edge in, doing all this stuff. I, I mean, at some point your body just starts breaking down, you know, you just can't physically do the same things, no matter how much you try to stay in shape and stay healthy and all that, you know, your body just, just isn't the same when you're 65 as it was when you were 25 or 35 when I started, you know, my business, you know, or whatever age I was, it was eight years ago. So around there, 30 something, (laughs) you know, early to mid thirties. Um, but you know, so I originally came up with a plan five, you know, the ultimate plan of having two to three crews. What does that look like? What kind of services do I want to offer? And, and I didn't have it all figured out from day one because I was going from a homeowner to professional. So I kind of really had to figure it out. I had to, a lot of trial and error. I had to figure out what services are even offerable, you know, like what, what, what services do you offer? I mean, beyond just cutting grass and fertilizing and spraying weeds, you know, putting down mulch, trimming bushes. Those were all the basics. I mean, is there anything else? What else is there? You know, and even within that, what are the nuances? What are the types of equipment? What's the most efficient way to do these things? How do you price these things? You know, all that stuff. Like I said, that's what I was researching in the early first year there, just trying to figure it out. And that's how I stumbled upon this community in its infancy. Um, but so I started to evolve my business. You know, I, I figured out a, a five-year plan. I figured out the ultimate goal and then had five-year plans. You know, the first five years, I want to do this. So my first five years was I want to have one crew. The second five years, which is where we're at now, is to get to a second crew. You know, so unfortunately, throughout the last, you know, eight years, I haven't had a stable or uh, consistent, I should say, a consistent crew leader. So I've been the consistent crew leader during all the inconsistency, but I've always, not always, (laughs) Since uh, from year five on, so the last three, four years, four years technically, 
because I think um, going into year five is when I started hiring employees. So I went four years solo and then year five uh, started hiring employees. And I built everything behind the scenes to get ready for that. What do I do about payroll? You know, tracking time, you know, what dialed in my services that I want to offer, my pricing, my route density, making sure I had only a certain amount of neighborhoods and they were all close together. So we're not driving all over the place and I'm paying guys just sit in a truck and all that. Like had all these things dialed in as much as possible before I started hiring, you know, employees and, and having payroll and all the stuff that comes with all that. And then increasing my, the amount of work that, you know, start marketing a little bit more and getting more business to increase the amount of work so that I can keep growing my business so I can get to a second crew and so on. So that's the stage I'm in now, but with COVID and everything, things got real wacky with, with labor and, things being shut down. And, you know, fortunately we were able to still work for the most part during all that, but I couldn't find workers and, you know, the green industry exploded. Every outdoor thing exploded because people were trapped at home, basically, you know, trapped quote unquote, you know, everything was locked down. So they just wanted to get stuff done around the house. So they just contacting every, everyone and anyone and everyone that does stuff outside. So, the industry exploded, but there wasn't enough people that wanted to do the work. So that, that was challenging. So that kind of, that kind of delayed me a little bit, you know, a little bit of a speed bump there and in the progress of my business and trying to get to that second crew, have consistent crew leaders and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're, we're getting through it. We're working through it, you know, trying to continue to keep moving forward, find good people and build on that, grow on that and so on. That's where I'm at now. I've got a, got a couple of good guys um, and you know, that's, that's where we want to keep growing from there. Hopefully I'll get a couple more in the spring and we can just, you know, every spring there's a huge influx of work and it's, 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 it's difficult to manage. You know, this year I really wanted to keep things manageable and not get too carried away with increasing the workload. I actually dialed it back a little bit, kind of scaled back some of the, the, the amount of accounts and things like that. And I'll get into a future episode where I really break down what I, what my plans are for next year for my business there's going to be some big changes for that as well over the years all these things i've learned and picked up you know from um like i said route density being a big thing realizing early on driving all over the place is not smart smart you know a profitable way to mow lawns and fertilize lawns and things like that if you're doing big multi-thousand dollar landscaping hardscaping projects that's one thing but if you're just doing weekly maintenance monthly maintenance going to the same places over and over again driving all that extra, you know, distances and going through all that gas and miles, wear and tear on your vehicle. That's, that's, that's just not worth it. It's not profitable. It doesn't make sense. Um, and I figured that out real quick and, and I was able to get more done, more work in a day because I didn't have to travel so far. Everything's just in the same general neighborhoods surrounding the same general area. So I figured that stuff out. Like I said, get, getting my pricing dialed in for all the different, um, services that, and figuring out what services I wanted to offer, which is, you know, kind of everything grass, right? Mowing, fertilization, weed control, aerating and seeding, dethatching, um, and then, you know, some of the, the, the softscaping maintenance, as, as, as we say sometimes, like the trimming the shrubs a couple times throughout the year, putting fresh mulch down, you know, in the spring, um, you know, maintaining the mulch beds throughout the year with, you know, keeping the, keeping the weeds out, things like that, you know, all, all those kind of Full, full yard type, you know, maintenance um, versus no landscaping. Like I, I've been there, done that, but I'm not doing the, you know, removing plants and trees and planting plants and trees and designing landscapes and, 
no hardscaping, no irrigation, none of that kind of stuff. It's just not anything that I'm interested in at this time and over the last eight years of getting into. I dabbled in a lot of those things over the years, er, earlier more so than, than, than not, and I quickly found what I wanted to stick to, which I always enjoyed turf. When I was a homeowner, I loved grass and turf and all that. And I just wanted, I just wanted, wanted to stick with that and grow with that and see what else I could do. I didn't want to just mow lawns though, because that's, that's tricky. You need to diversify and have at least two things. You know, if you're just a mow, blow and go guy, that's, that's challenging. That means you need a lot of lawns in order to make a decent amount of money. Um, and, and it's, it's just hard. It's hard to manage that much quantity. You know, you're going to have a lot of headaches, a lot of things dealing with the weather and equipment breakdown. And it's, it's, it's just a lot. If you, if you're just doing a ton of lawns, if you're just mowing a ton of lawns, that's all you're doing. And then, you know, once the grass stops growing, then what do you do? I mean, if you save the whole bunch of money and then you can just have the whole winter off, that's cool. Or maybe snow plow, that's cool. But that's, it, it's just challenging in my opinion to just mow. I feel like if you can do something in addition to that, whether it's mowing and fertilizing and weed control or mowing and landscaping, you know, like a lot of guys just keep mowing, but they focus more on landscaping or hardscaping. That's where they, where their passion is. That's not where my passion is. My passion is on treating the turf, taking care of the turf and all that. So that's what I've been focusing on all this time and building my business in such a way, finding people that want to work with me that, uh, feel the same way about all those things so that we can all be on the same page and, and have the same goals and, and achieve them easier. You know, if I, hire people that can't stand cutting grass. Well, that's one of our primary services. That doesn't really make sense, you know? So, um, you know, it's, if I find someone that just wants to hardscape, that's just not going to fit. So, uh, you know, so all those things have just been factors in the evolution of my business equipment. You know, I started with a, I started with a Jeep compass, um, <laughs> you know, a little, little 20, 22 inch Husqvarna, um, you know, push mower or self-paced, you know, uh, auto-paced mower, my Ryobi hand trimmer and blower. Like I know I've said a dozen times already, um, recently and over the years. And that's all I had, you know, my first year part-time while I was still in retail management out of my back of my Jeep compass, but I had a handful of customers. I realized I felt passionately that if I could go full-time all in, I could make something of this and I needed to get out of retail management before I literally had a nervous breakdown. Um, and you know, that's what I did. I just, I just put in my two weeks over the winter in retail management and just, you know, dove all in, spent the whole winter researching that again, that's, you know, started stumbling upon the YouTube community and all that and finding out how to be the best contractor I can be professional, you know, service provider and, try to generate revenue quickly, you know, and, and I was able to get customers quickly from, you know, friends, neighbors, word of mouth, all the random different types of advertising, you know, that I did for my business. I tried just about everything, you know, flyers, postcards, door to door, Facebook, <clears throat> all kinds of stuff. Just, just trying to do whatever I could, all the different platform next door, you know, whatever, all the different social platforms at the time and, and still, and just, you know, a lawn sign, yard signs, everything that I could possibly think of and that I could find researching and that some of the guys on YouTube at the time were recommending and so on. So with all that, I was able to get up to like 30 lawns, I believe, to cut, you know, weekly 
that first year, going into that first spring, right after I quit retail and re- in in uh, in the winter. So it, that was good, you know. I was, but I was driving all over town and I was providing all kinds of random services, cutting grass, but I was also doing other things. Uh, in addition to that, like you know, they would ask me for all kinds of odd jobs, miscellaneous things, landscaping or not, you know. Hey, can you help me move furniture in my house? Sure, why not? You know, like just anything, you know, like, and so I, I've been there, done that and realized the things that I really wanted to do and focus on what could be more easily scalable for me in my area and my business. And what does that setup look like that I need equipment wise, you know, vehicle wise, trailer wise, garage storage shop wise to be able to run all of that, manage all of that properly. So I quickly went from the Jeep Compass into an, I traded that in for a used F-150, Ford F-150, and um, borrowed some money from a family member to buy a 5x10 single axle trailer, open trailer, and uh, a 48-inch belt drive Toro walk-behind mower. And I still had all the other stuff, still had the, you know, Ryobi hand trimmer and blower and um, the 22-inch Husqvarna mower. But um, I was able to purchase my first commercial product, which was my Echo 770 backpack blower. I got that at the end of my first year part time uh, with, you know, the money that I made. It was all extra at that point because I was still working retail. So I just took some of that money and I bought that backpack blower and felt like I was, you know, I I felt like I was living the dream because I had this big backpack blower at the time. That was a great, it still is a great backpack blower, but you know, of course now there's the Echo 8010 and 9010 and those things are beasts. But at the time I was like, man, you know, that 770 is something I can, I can really get after it. So, uh, you know, I, (laughs) I'll save that leaf nightmare story for another day. But, um, you know, (laughs) actually that's go back to like episode three or four or something way back in the archives here on this podcast and I told that whole story, but needless to say, you need more than a backpack blower for the average for most leaf job, leaf cleanup jobs. But at any rate, that was that. So I already I had the backpack blower, got the walk behind, still had the 22 inch mower. So I was really able to conquer everything. I think then I also um, and quickly was able to then buy a steel trimmer. That was my first trimmer, not an Echo trimmer. It was a steel FS90. That thing, I still have that, just like I still have the Echo 770. I traded in or I gave uh, my walk behind to my dealer um, a couple years back when I made a purchase of some new stuff, a grandstand multi-force and a whole bunch of other other equipment. And I asked if he would take that and put take some money off you know, of the purchase. And he said, sure, well, yeah, I can do that. So I gave that to him. I wasn't ever really using it anymore. And I definitely wasn't going to use it at once I got a second mower. So now I have two grandstands. One's a multi-force, one's not. One's 48, one's 52. So I can... I still have the small mower. I've gotten newer small mowers uh, in in the meantime since then. So I've got all the mowers I need to conquer any yard that I get, that I want to have, my ideal yards. Now and back then, I was also able to do that. And I was just really starting to figure out what yards, what areas, what neighborhoods. was able to pay that family member back for the money that I borrowed for the trailer and the mower um, by the by the beginning of the following year season. Um, so then I was debt free, but then I started reinvesting into other things to just keep growing and keep improving, you know, what my, uh, my, you know, my, my, uh, equipment. And then, you know, like years went on and, 
I think year five or something, my F-150 started kind of falling apart. Well, I, I eventually actually in between there, I, I um, sold my five by 10 open trailer because as my business was growing, I just needed more, a bigger trailer to fit more stuff at one time so I can get more done while I was out or on, you know, and or on specific yards. I can just do more than one service and so on and not have to make trips back and forth to storage to swap out equipment. Because I started my garage at home, then I moved to storage because, again, I just started evolving with more stuff and I wanted to have more storage and not fill up my garage. So there, I want the garage to be free for my kids to be able to play and have their stuff there, my wife be able to park in the garage and all that stuff. So I went to storage and I've been in, in the same storage ever since. I've since expanded, contracted, been all over the storage place, I've got parking spots now for my uh, you know, enclosed trailer and so on. Um, and, but I have a seven by 16 enclosed dual axle enclosed trailer that I eventually got. That's great. Still have it. Great billboard on wheels, right? You know, can put my logo on it. Uh, so everyone sees it, contact information, everything. It's just great. So that, that's been more evolution there. Um, trucks kind of went, went through some trucks, got rid of the F-150, Got the Ram 1500 and then realized that, you know, that was not big enough for the evolution of my business and and looking forward into the future. So I decided to go all in and get a Ram 3500. That was not the plan. I was going to go get a Ram, looking at Ram 2500s, but the dealer said, hey, you know, you can get a a brand new 3500 for the same amount as these used 2500s that we have because it's just all the promos and rebates and it was around the holidays. So there's all these discounts and stuff and they were trying to get rid of the, you know, the, the the previous year model to make room for the incoming year model. So there's just all this stuff. So I was like, man, well, let's go for it. But then I was like, well, what's, you know, what is even the difference? You know, well, you can get a little, you can get more stuff uh, for the 3,500, like there's a the more payload, you know, the, the payload is the amount of weight in the truck bed and, and who the amount of passenger weight in the truck cab and so on. So all that together is your payload. So the 3,500 the 2,500 payload is a little over 4,000 pounds. That 3,500 payload for Ram is a little, the single axle is a little over 7,000 pounds. So to me, I was like, holy cow, that's a big difference. I can put a lot of stuff in there. I can put mulch in here and all kinds of stuff, which I've since done year after year. I put wood sides up and I can fit four yards of mulch in there. Easy, barely even squats. It's like, this thing's a dream. You know, have the ramp rack for the mowing season. We load all our load our grandstands up in there. Doesn't even flinch. You know, so in hindsight, it worked out well that I ended up getting a thirty five hundred because it's something that my business will never outgrow. It's big enough that I will never outgrow. I can just grow into, and now I can have all this weight in there, whether it be mulch, um, brush debris, which none of that's nearly as heavy as mulch, but. You know, I've got the long eight foot bed, the long bed, crew caps, the biggest truck you can get, you know, that's not a commercial grade truck, but it's a heavy duty truck, obviously, like 2,500 and 3,500 are heavy duty trucks. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big truck. It's a boat. It's a beast. I can do so much with it, whether that's the ramp rack, sides up to put mulch in, all that stuff. So, I've really evolved into that. I traded in, you know, got rid of both of my smaller trucks, the F-150 and the 1500. And now I just have the 3500. Been wanting to get a second truck, but couldn't find that consistent crew leader to even drive another truck. So I figured why bother? And now everything, you know, might as well reinvest my money, other things or just save it or whatever. 
And then now the market's all crazy with trucks and everything and inflation, and all that. So I'm really like, okay, well, I think I'm just going to keep holding out and we'll just figure it out. You know, we'll do the best we can. You know, we'll see what happens this coming year and maybe things will be a little bit better. I don't know. On, on, on all fronts, a consistent crew leader and more reasonable prices for trucks. Um, but that will be the, would be the next evolution so I can try and get to that second crew already because that is the goal, right? And I, I said I broke it down at the five year. A five-year plan. Hey guys, Mr. Producer, and I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the LCR Media Podcast merch shop. If you're looking for a way to support the show and share it with others who might also enjoy it, then check out our LCR Media Podcast exclusive merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, even an insulated water bottle for when you need to take a sip of water. I think I'll leave that one right there. Anyway, just click on the link in the episode description to see the products. Make sure to tag us on Instagram at LCR Media if you do snag some swag. And we sincerely appreciate you listening to and supporting the show by picking up some gear. Thank you, my friends. That's been the evolution of my business. A um, lot of little nuances here and there that I'll go into more detail of some more uh, of cha- different changes along the way that are leading up to the big changes coming up in the spring of 2023. I'll talk about that for another episode because we've already gone on for almost 55 minutes now. Um, so I just wanted to kind of go through all of that and just a big overview summary. The most I could do of social media business and my life has been impacted in, in by all of these things in so many ways, of course, by quitting retail has obviously positively impacted, you know, not having a nervous breakdown, right, has obviously uh, positively impacted my life, my personal life, you know, and um, the fact that I'm happier with with what I do for a living and being creative by creating content makes me happier. So that makes me a happier person, a better father, better husband, better friend, better son, all that stuff. I mean, of course, I'm nowhere near perfect. No one is. I got lots of work to do. uh, I've been trying to repair myself self-help myself all this time because I was damaged. I was like damaged goods from working in retail for 15 years, being used and abused by all kinds of crazy people coming in, you know, treating you like garbage and you just have to smile and wave, you know, and all this nonsense. And of course, people take it too far. You can kick them out and, you know, whatever the deal is. But, you know, for the most part, you just get abused by people and, you know, oh, customer's always right. That, that nonsense, you know, slogan, that's not right, not accurate and is and BS, but you know, it's, it, it, I, I came from that damaged, you know, and, and I needed to heal myself for, for myself, for my family, for my new clients, my business. Right. Um, and, and just so I can be, be, be whole again, be better. So that's, that, that's been a process listening to podcasts, audio books, creating all this content has been part of my self healing, running my own lawn care business, which is something I enjoy. I enjoy lawn care. Of course, the business part can be challenging, but I, I've run managed businesses in retail for, for so many years that it wasn't as difficult, but there are definitely challenges. There are definitely a lot of uh, obstacles, but overall, I'd rather them, you know, I'd rather deal with that than retail, you know, like then, then they're my obstacles or my challenges. I don't have supervisors or managers breathing down my neck, getting on my case about these obstacles and these challenges or mistakes that I make and whatever. Like I learn them on my own, you know, and I deal with it on my own and it's, it is what it is. I don't have to worry about a bunch of horrible bosses giving me crap all the time, you know? So 
all that's made me a happier person as well. I've went on more field trips with my kids when they were younger than I, you know, in the first couple of years of my business and I did their whole life. You know, I used to be sick all the time. I'd get a cold, a turn to bronchitis, laryngitis, sinus infection, ear infection, all these things, sometimes all at once. Well, you know, one time I got pneumonia too, like all, all this stuff. Um, you know, just strep throat, whatever, all, anything you can get, it would start from a cold and work into those things multiple times every year, two to three times a year, every year, especially the final years in retail. I was just a mess. I was just physically weak, mentally weak, and emotionally weak. Not, not, not a, a well person, not a good place to be. Since then, I haven't been sick once except for freaking COVID. Um, other than that, you know, I feel like everyone's either been there or will be there at some point. Um, but I mean, you know, it's such a mild version now from everything going on and blah, blah, blah. Well, let's not go down those rabbit holes. But other than, and I wasn't even that sick. Like my wife was just like, like, it seemed like she was dying. I'm like, do you need to go to the emergency room? Like, are we going to be those people? And you know, oh, everyone's in, you know, we're filling up the hospitals and all that stuff. Like she was really struggling for a long time. I feel like she was never going to get better. It, it, it was rough. And, and I was taking care of her, and, and, but I was also sick. But for me, it just seemed like a cold. Like it was just, it was like hardly anything. I was very fortunate. I contribute that to a lot of things that probably I don't even know, but I also feel like it's because of the fact that I haven't been sick since I left retail other than that one time because I'm just a healthier person. I'm mentally, emotionally, and physically healthier. I eat better. I sleep better. I do things that help me feel better, give me energy, like creating content, working out at the gym, going for mountain bike rides, going on tons of vacations with my family, going on field trips with my kids, spending so much more time with my wife, making her more happy than she used to be. All these things, you know, all those things, just, just making everything better just makes me stronger and able to resist bacteria and, you know, disease and all, all the things. That doesn't mean that that's something, you know, can't happen down the road. I'm not saying I'm invincible. I, I hope I don't get some sort of horrible illness or disease or anything like that. I think everyone hopes that and wishes that, you know, everyone wants to live a, a good, long, healthy life mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, but that's not always the case. And no matter what you do, sometimes it just seems to just happen at some point, you know, your body just gets weak or whatever the deal is and boom, that's it. You know, are you just around something that's just too, too contagious to, to, to avoid or whatever the scenario is. So, um, but I just say all that to say that that's just another evolution of my life is that I've been healthy in a lot more ways than I ever was ever since I got into a lawn care and social media and doing all these things that just give me life energy and just make me happy. And of course I'm still tired. Of course I'm still, um, you know, physically weak or sore, you know, after long days at times and so on and so forth, but it's all worth it. And it's not all day, every day. I'm not going through life like a zombie. I'm in more control of my life. You know, of course there's still uncontrollable things, but a lot more controllable than what they used to be. So, you know, my daughter's in college now. My son is about to go to college. I'm proud of both of them. You know, my wife has been doing all kinds of great things over the years, enjoying herself, trying to figure out what she wants to do the most, you know, from being, you know, a stay-at-home full-time mom, taking care of our kids until they got school age, uh, both of them, you know, um, and then go back into the workforce and figuring out how to reconnect with that and doing all kinds of stuff with that over the years 
really helping me with my business because she's got a accounting bookkeeping background. So she does all that for me. She does all my bookkeeping. You know, we now have a, an accountant, a CPA, because I just have too many things going on for her, um, her words, you know, so she just wants to make sure that she doesn't mess anything up and it's just too much anyway. It's a lot of work with everything else she's got going on. So she just does the, the bookkeeping you know, the monthly bookkeeping and just sends everything out quarterly to our accountant so that everything is taken, taken care of. So by the end of the year, it's really just, you know, fine tuning stuff. It's not a whole lot of work that we even have to do for taxes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but having someone like her that knows that on my team is fantastic, you know, and she, she does payroll and helps me with all kinds of administrative and business, like business, business, like behind the scenes type stuff, you know, when it comes to all that uh, so that so that's been helpful, and she's had a lot of jobs that are in those in that field over the years. So that's helped out. One of her jobs uh, showed her how to uh, trained her on QuickBooks she, and, and certified her. So she's a certified QuickBooks whatever user, whatever the heck <laughs> you know it's, it's technically called, uh, which helped greatly when I decided to start using QuickBooks for payroll and um, bookkeeping and everything. So. So just it's, it's just been great all the way around with that as well. Uh, she's been very helpful. So you know, and we 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 look forward to the future. We're we're going to be empty nesters soon, which is kind of sad. You know, we're not gonna we're gonna have to reinvent our our daily routine once our son goes to college, and we're not sure what our daughter's going to do after college. She'll be graduating at the same time. Our son is our our son will be graduating high school, and our this year, and our our daughter will be graduating college. You know, God willing, right? So, um, once, you know, my daughter graduates college, we're not really sure. She's not really sure exactly what she's going to do yet either. So she might come back home for a little while until she figures it out. We don't know. Or she might just go right off into the, into the wild blue yonder there or whatever, you know, all out and doing her own thing in her own life. And, and that'll be sad, but great as the same time, you know, we'll be happy for her and proud of her. But, uh, so we're not sure what all that's going to happen, but potentially we could be empty nesters with our son in college and our daughter off doing who knows what, living her life. You know, just me, my wife and I will be like dating all over again. It'll be, you know, be reconnecting in a whole new way and it'll be fun and exciting, but it'll be sad. I'm sure a lot as well to kind of get over the, you know, the, 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 uh, shock of not having kids in her life every day anymore to parent, <laughs> you know, it becomes a part of your life for 18 years and another 18 years or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, I guess 20 something years, right. Um, because you know, our, our daughter and then our son and so on. So it's a lot, it's a big portion of your life. It's like half of our, your life at one point, you're like, Holy cow, what do we do now? So that's, that's, that's what we're, what we're uh, figuring out and looking forward to and not at the same time and kind of just from a personal standpoint. So that's what we got going on there. I told you everything that we're, that's going on in my business and there's going to be a separate episode dedicated to what's coming next year. And then, um, you know, as far as social media, I'm just going to keep, keep getting after it. I have a previous episode uh, talking about a little bit about that too, where I just want to push harder with LCR media, see what else I can do. I just love creating events, networking, community events, keep bringing people together, keep educating folks, uh, how, just, just help, help you guys help the community grow to, to greater heights so we can keep, um, rising this industry, keep raising this industry, you know, because like we say, you know, rising tide, raises all ships. So I'm, I'm just trying to help contribute to raise 
raising the tide. That's that's my thing. So LCR Media, I think, is positioned well and has done a good job and has a lot of great opportunity and great connections to be able to keep raising that tide. And that's I just want to keep pushing harder with that, see what else I can do. And that's that, and obviously keep creating content along the way about it, and 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 just keep having fun. So that's that's kind of my goals with that too. So, so there you have it. That's this was the longest IBG episode I've had in, in some time now, but it's it was a lot. It was a lot of stuff. It was episode two hundred, right? So I just had to I had to give you my best rabbit hole full. I feel like I kind of kept on track though, <laughs> but uh, you know it was definitely not short and sweet. It was it was long and. I don't know. The opposite of short and sweet is not what I want to say, I guess, because I still feel like I provided a lot of value or just some updates. That's for sure. And, 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 and a lot of gratitude yet again for episode 200, for you guys listening to episode 200 and, and potentially all 200 episodes or 199 episodes prior to this. I thank you guys. I look forward to connecting with you guys in the future and creating, continuing to create content, grow my business and enjoy my life. On that note, thank you to the uh, Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast, of course. And thank you yet again to everyone for listening. Until the next episode, episode 201, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.